Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey everyone and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's Los. Uh, week 15 preview here. The preview of your semifinal matchup, hopefully, unless you go in a 17-week league, which has its own problems in itself. But, um, you know, I digress. Mung, how's your playoff uh, hope looking? Well, in uh, one league, I was lucky enough to have a bye week, or else I would have gotten rocked. But uh, the other league, (laughs) I need about 30 points from Rex Burkhead tonight, so we'll see. Hey, you know, easy come, easy go. And that's why it's important to secure those wins early in the season, try and get that bye. Um, I don't like to talk much about my team, but I just have to get this off my chest. So my team, uh, in in this league, I drafted Jordan Reed, like six rounds, something something astronomically late where I, I would have, you know, where I just really wanted him. Um, so as you can see, that's why I've uh, talked so much about tight end streamers for the entirety of the season. Well, this, uh, this week I outplayed my hand a little bit. I uh, was smart enough to add Trey Burton off the waiver wires. And then when uh, the Eagles released the information that Zach Ertz was clearing the concussion protocol. What did I do? I go and drop Trey Burton. And who do I pick up? My boy. We all know and love him. Three letters, always a crowd pleaser. Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think we all know how that goes. Uh, Ipso facto, my opponents played Ben Roethlisberger last night. Ergo, I uh, should have cleaned up house really nicely. Had it all set up to. And now I need nine points from the Patriots. Which, you know, not starting out great. Hopefully some things happen. I haven't lost faith just yet, but I, I really don't want to watch this game tonight. Yeah, I mean, similarly, I, I had Gronk uh, suspended in a league, and I had to start Cameron Braid. So, Ugh. anyway, uh, that's uh, that's how the fantasy playoffs go. I mean, if you make it in, you got a shot, and uh, that's all that really matters. So, hopefully, you guys all made it past week fourteen. Um, it was an exciting week. There were a lot of great games and incredible comebacks. Yeah, that's for sure. It was a fun week of football to watch, but always, uh, you know, heart-wrenching when it's the playoffs. Yeah, it was really tough to uh, select our winner this week for the Gillette Close Shave, but uh, we're going to continue highlighting special teams for this week's winner. Uh, The Colts played through a blizzard in Buffalo, and as (laughs) expected, it was a low-scoring game in the snow. Indianapolis had yet to score with under two minutes left in the game, trailing Buffalo 0-7. Jack Doyle reeled in a touchdown with 1 minute and 16 seconds left to go, and after a penalty negated a successful two-point conversion, it was up to Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri to tie the game with a 43-yard extra point attempt. Colts spent their final time out for players and staff to try and kick away some snow to get Vinatieri good footing for the kick, and then kicking into 20-plus mile-per-hour winds, he knocked the kick almost 10 yards to the right of the field goal post and let the wind push it back to the left, converting the extra point and sending the game to overtime. Despite the Colts ultimately losing, it was one of the best kicks made in the last decade, maybe more. Get your close shave like Adam Vinatieri with Gillette, the best a man can get. Same great blades, now for less. 
pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. Or as Pat McAfee would say, hashtag for the brand. Yeah, long time coming for Adam, Adam Vinatieri. He, he really is the best a man can get at kicker. We all know the, uh, the storied uh, role he played in those Super Bowl victories for the Patriots in the 2000s. And this man just does not stop. He's gonna uh, he's gonna eclipse Morton Anderson with his aging uh, thing. And you know who who uh, who shaves more than an old man like Adam Vinatieri. So great pick this week. Great pick this week. Um, let's head into the Thursday night football matchup for this week: Denver at Indianapolis. Denver capitalized on a terrible situation for the Jets, and Simeon turned 200 yards, one touchdown, and zero interceptions on the day. C.J. Anderson was the best running back on the day: 22 carries for 48 yards, two catches for 25. He is no better than a flex, and I avoid the others here. Uh, in a dynasty, I actually would add Booker, Devontae Booker, if you're out of contention and he's available. Uh, this this is the time where championship teams make moves, drop some players in order to make themselves win. If you have the ability to add players and you're out of contention in a dynasty or keeper, keep your eyes open. Uh, Demaris Thomas, eight catches on 12 targets, 93 yards and a touchdown. Sanders, one catch for 16 yards. Why? This makes no sense whatsoever. DT and Sanders are, are just flexes. At best for Sanders, a little more confidence in DT. Marius Thomas, maybe a better insight, Mung. I, I hate thinking about this team. It, it makes me want to vomit. Yeah, I believe a theme for tonight is going to be certain teams that we're just going to try and avoid in general. Yeah. Um, I think you highlighted the only players you really want to be relying on here. I have Demarius as a wide receiver three this week. And really, at this point, Sanders isn't even a flex. He's a boomer bust wide receiver four and there are probably better options uh, on the waiver wire that we'll talk about later that I'd start over Sanders at this point. And to your point, Anderson, he's a playable flex only because of the really good matchup against Indy here. But, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot from either of these guys. I, I guess Demarius would be an okay wide receiver three or flex start. Let's watch Jamar Charles go for uh, 20 carries and 200 yards, right? The Indianapolis Colts come off of that messy blizzard game in Buffalo you talked about. The snow tanked everyone except for Frank Gore. We handled 36 carries, 130 yards, as Brissett attempted only 22 passes. Uh, outside of this past week, the Denver D has been soft, but this is not a time to get tricky. Avoid Brissett, avoid Hilton if possible. He's a low-end flex option here. Gore is, on running uh, is a running back three this Thursday evening, uh, though Doyle could be solid stream here versus, Dennis, uh, versus Denver. I'm sorry. I'd rather roll the dice on him than Olsen's foot health, for example, or something else crazy. Austin, Sparian Jenkins, right? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. You're, I mean, you could start Frank Gore here at, at Flex or T.Y. Hilton, but really, I, I'd try to avoid both of these guys. It's a tough matchup, even at home. Um, but I do have Jack Doyle as a solid back-end tight end one in PPR, uh, even though they didn't throw much in the snow. With Dante Moncrief potentially out another week with an ankle injury, Jack Doyle could see a ton of targets, like a 10 or 12 target game here. Give me the uh, Denver Broncos as they continue their late season push towards the middle of the first round draft picks, right? Oh, I, yeah, this one was tough because <laughs> both teams kind of just are awful right now, but I guess I'll take Denver. All right, Chicago at Detroit and NFC North showdown, if you want to call it that. Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you pay attention to your lineups. Make sure you have guys in. Make sure you guys have out when you want them accordingly. There are two Saturday games this week. Do not forget that, please. It's a very important week. Uh, as for Chicago, I wish I could be more excited about Trubisky's 271 and a touchdown versus the Bengals. 
but it just doesn't do it for me just yet. He That was versus a team that was missing all of its corners. Adam Shaheen had his best day so far, 4 or 5, 44 yards and a touchdown. Kendall Wright had a nice day. M- maybe next year some of this will matter, but it just doesn't do it for me this year. And you aren't starting any Bears wide receivers. Kendall Wright disappears. Th- this, is the, this is the same guy that's been on Tennessee. Other teams projected as a wide receiver three. Just disappears for 75% of the year, year after year after year, especially with Darius Slay on the other side of the field. Jordan Howard had a great day, finally. 23 carries, 147 yards, and two touchdowns with one catch as well. He's a lower-end running back one again against a great Detroit matchup. And Terry Cohen finally got back a reasonable workload. 12 carries, 80 yards with two catches. If you're desperate, he can be a high-risk reward flex, high-ceiling, very, you know, the, the floor doesn't even exist on this, this guy. You could you could conceivably fall to the underworld here and, you know, have uh, meet my good boy Hades uh, of, of Greek mythology fame. Uh but he's better than any of the Bears receiving options, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I can't imagine you've been starting guys like Dontrell Inler or Adam Shaheen or even Tariq Cohen uh, and, and have made it to the playoffs unless you're in a crazy deep league. But um, like you said, the one exception who could uh, go the distance, if you will, is Jordan oh, Howard. Yes. Um, I, I, I have Howard as an RB2, not an RB1 like you do, but certainly a decent matchup for him. Um, he should be good to go. The Lions won a very ugly turnover full game in Tampa and see Chicago at home now. Stafford is a low-end quarterback, one versus Chicago. He keeps turning out yards like like it's his job, which, funnily, funnily enough, is his job. That's what they pay him for. Theoretic saw 10 carries, 29 yards, and two touchdowns with six catches for 64 receiving. And he's a solid running back, too, in PPR if, Abdul, uh, if Amir Abdullah remains sidelined here. I don't think Tyon Green is talented enough to matter in this offense in today's fantasy game, especially with Zenner active this week. Washington healing as well. And Amir Abdullah was a healthy scratch here, so they could be sending a message. They could be trying to work him back in slowly, but Tyon Green is not a guy that belongs on any rosters, that's for sure. Golden Tate is a wide receiver, too. Eight catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Jones was limited to three for 64, but Chicago lacks a top cornerback option. I'd start both here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with Amir Abdullah here. Uh, who knows? Uh, honestly, sometimes, you know, like even in fantasy analysis, we just have to say, I don't know. Um, I, I think you hit the main points here, though. Uh, I like Stafford fine as a QB1. Um, I do like both Marvin Jones and Golden Tate here. And um, yeah, I mean, if Theo Riddick is actually going to get this type of workload, then he'll be a decent RB2 in PPR. Uh, those two touchdowns, uh, you know, that's always a little bit fluky, but even so, he's got a decent floor with the receiving work that he's got. Um, but the one other guy that uh, I think is worth mentioning, at least, is Eric Ebron. Now, he had a very nice game against the Bucks. I don't expect a huge performance again this week, but he's a viable streaming tight end two option if you don't have a Gronk or a Kelsey kind of every week starter at that position right now. He's been getting consistent targets. Yeah, I hate it, but you don't. Uh, give me Detroit at home versus the hapless Bears. I will take Detroit as well. All right, L.A. Chargers at Kansas City, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Don't forget, two Saturday games. Uh, the Chargers are rolling and looking very tough. KC has a susceptible defense that did not show this past week, but that was more 
more to do with Derek Carr than anybody else. Rivers is a solid quarterback one here. Uh, uh, Melvin Gordon went 22 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown, remains a running back one. His two backups got some work uh, as they were up so big versus Washington even. I, I don't expect that sort of day here. I expect Gordon to continue with the bulk of the carries. Keenan Allen had a day for himself, 6 of 8 for 111, remains a wide receiver one in this matchup. And Williams had a huge week, but may see Marcus Peters here who should be back this game. I would temper some expectations for him here. Henry will be a fine start going 4 for 50 and a touchdown this past week. Yeah, I've got Rivers as a top 5 or 6 QB play in fantasy this week. Uh, despite Derek Carr struggling uh, against Kansas City, their secondary is still pretty rough around the edges, and Rivers has been playing red hot. I, I wouldn't go away from him, even on the road in KC this week. Uh, of course, you're starting Gordon and Allen, and then Henry is a low-end tight end one. I mean, really, even though the Chiefs are pretty good at defending against the tight end, Hunter Henry's been a key piece of this Chargers offense the last few games, and it's not like there are a ton of reliable options these days at tight end anyway. All true, all true. As for the Chiefs, Smith was good but not great versus Oakland, held without a touchdown here, uh, sort of robbed of two touchdowns, actually. Well, the one he wasn't robbed, Travis Kelsey did, did get stopped short of the goal line, and Travis Kelsey, a non-catch in the end zone, could have had a much better, you know, that, that's, plus, uh, that's plus 10 points basically for Alex Smith. Um, and regardless, he's a quarterback, too, for me here versus a much tougher Chargers defense who should be all over his grill all day. Hunt finally got back on track with coaching, giving him 25 carries finally after nine last week, 116 yards, a touchdown, and three catches for 22. This is the usage we need from Hunt, and this is why you won't bench him this week. Uh, Hill should be fine. He lines up all over the field in creative plays and remains a lower-end wide receiver one. And Kelsey is, of course, a solid tight end one with another 13 targets versus Oakland. Not expecting a huge offensive day here, so I'd avoid Albert Wilson uh, despite his continued target share. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can see what Kareem Hunt can do when he gets more, you know, double-digit carries and touches here. Um, assuming and Andy Reid doesn't have some sort of aneurysm here, Hunt should continue to get oh. that kind of work and, you know, get back into that high-end RB2 rankings this week, uh, especially against, uh, you know, a bad Chargers run defense at home. Kelsey, he had a massive game. Uh, you know, he would have had a massive game <laughs> had it not been for a drop and some penalties. Uh, could have had three touchdowns, really. Um, so even though the Chargers are a tough matchup for tight ends here, uh, much like Hunter Henry on the other side, um, even more so, you're not you're not benching Travis Kelsey here. Call me crazy, but give me the Chargers. They are nasty. Uh, hashtag not crazy. I'll take the Chargers also. Yeah, buddy. Miami at Buffalo in what should be an exciting showdown for the NFC North, uh, NFC AFC East Championship. Wow, see that's how great this is. It's throwing me way off. Uh, tonight we'll see what this offense looks like uh, for Miami against a highly intelligent Patriots coach. I doubt we're going to be impressed. Uh, Drake should remain a volume play running back two versus Buffalo if Damian Williams remains on the shelf. Landry will be a wide receiver two as well. Will Parker unseat Stills is a wide receiver two this game. Doesn't look like it. Easy uh, drop clanged off his hands like he didn't know how to catch the football. Not looking likely for Parker for the season. I personally hope we get another blizzard game here, though. Uh, Miami would love that, and so would I. Well, the weather certainly might be a factor, but assuming it's not going to be 20-plus mile-per-hour wins again, I think Jarvis Landry should be fine as a wide receiver, too, in Buffalo. Um, Kenyon Drake's ranking is going to depend a little bit on Damian Williams' status. There's a chance that Williams will return next week. Um, in that scenario, I think both running backs would be just flex plays, but if Drake keeps getting a workhorse type of role, um, he'll, like you said, he'll be a volume mid-level RB, too, as well. 
Now, I still prefer Kenny Stills right now over Devontae Parker next week. Buffalo's secondary does have its holes. Um, you know, unless there's a drastic change tonight somehow th- via injury or whether it's just a change in targets. But the forgotten man here is uh, much like how I mentioned Eric Ebron uh, when we talked about the Lions just now. Julius Thomas, uh, Bears mentioning at least, uh, he's kind of like an Ebron. Nothing crazy exciting, but he'll have a blow-up game here or there. Um, he's another okay streaming tight end option this coming week. I realized something this week. Did you know A.J. Gerby was claimed by Miami? So he's on the roster now, too. I don't know if it's going to mess things up. He, he was injured when he was waived by Denver. Uh, but I, uh, I just noticed that this week, uh, a guy that I liked in spot starts earlier this season. Maybe. I, I think more so Miami is just claiming all of Denver's reject tight ends. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Buffalo. Taylor was inactive with his knee. Peterman was bad, but had to contend with a blizzard. I'd even be bad in a blizzard, and I'm pretty darn good. Uh, and then went out with a concussion, unfortunately, as Buffalo won an overtime on the back of LaShawn McCoy's 32 carries, 156 yards, and overtime touchdown. 51 rushes in this game combined, and for good reason. And despite 3 of 8 for 38 and a touchdown, I'm only trusting McCoy this week. Um, not trusting Kelvin Benjamin if it snows. Zay Jones uh, could be a flex if Benjamin is out. But do you really want to hedge your playoffs on Peterman or Joe Webb? I, I certainly don't. There is the chance that Tyrod Taylor could return here um, with that knee injury, but uh, I think I'm with you here. <laughs> the only Bills player that I'd really be confident rolling out this week is LaShawn McCoy. Um, assuming that Tyrod Taylor is out, I would have McCoy as a low-end RB1. Um, and assuming, uh, or I'm sorry, and if Tyrod Taylor were to be able to return this week, I would bump McCoy up a, a few more spots. But um, I actually think I'm going to take uh, Miami on the road here. I'm going to take Buffalo at home, hoping for a really fun uh, blizzard matchup again. Who knows what's going to happen? Though That said, if it is a blizzard and they've got to rush 40 times, uh, Kenyon Drake may just destroy and demolish Buffalo. But I'll stick with Buffalo regardless. Green Bay at Carolina. The Packers did their best to lose this game in regulation, but finally got it together late in the fourth and overcame the Browns in overtime, keeping them winless. Brett Hundley threw for three touchdowns. Count them. Want to roll the dice versus Carolina? I sure don't. I've heard a lot of nonsense about Aaron Jones being ahead of Williams on the depth chart. Hopefully this game put that to rest. Some intern just didn't click save on the Packers website. Don't worry about that. Williams went 15 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown with seven catches, 69 yards, and a second touchdown wide open in the end zone. Jones had four carries for uh, negative yards. Williams is a running back, too, with good usage. But if you have room, I think Jones is a must-own handcuff for Williams owners. He will get the usage, and he has shown that he has been good this year. Uh, you, you can drop him as soon as this game's over if you don't want to waste the spot heading into championship week. But this is not a mistake you want to have made in case something does happen to Jamal Williams, especially if Aaron Rodgers comes back. Adams is a wide receiver one with Hundley. Cobb is a flex, and Jordy is on your bench. If Rodgers starts, though, everything changes. Jordy Nelson's his go-to guy and definitely needs to be owned just in case Aaron plays again this week. Yeah, I've got my rankings set with the assumption that Rodgers plays. All, re- all the reports have been great, and he's on track to start barring some kind of setback here. So I have Rodgers ranked as a mid-level QB1. Um, I've got Williams as a low-end RB2. Uh, Jordy I have as a low-end wide receiver one, again, with the assumption that Rodgers is starting and Adams is a high-end wide receiver two. Um, I would avoid Randall Cobb unless you're truly desperate here at wide receiver. Cobb's been a very boomer bust flex option at best this year, even when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. But um, yeah, I mean, all indications are that Rodgers will return this week. So start him up if you got him. 
Again, a lot of the Carolina projection hedges on the play of Aaron Rodgers or lack thereof. Cam is a low-end quarterback, one with rushing floor regardless. If Rodgers plays and Green Bay scores points, McCaffrey is a solid PPR running back, two or better for me this week. But if not, I really worry about his usage of this game. I may shy away from him or at the very least strongly consider my other options here. That's for sure. Jay Stu has taken too much from McCaffrey. This game, uh, 16 carries, 103 yards, and three touchdowns. All the goal line rushes and, and vultures of value. And I'm certainly not saying to start Stewart. I, I don't care if he had five touchdowns this past week. He'll, he'll probably, at the end of the day, return low-end running back two, high-end running back three value. And I'll look like an idiot, but, but I have no better. I have him no better than a low-end flex. Uh, Funch has turned a touchdown on a play where Cam escaped heavy pressure. Looked great out there, actually, Cam Newton. But otherwise, would have only went two catches for 37 yards, so I stand by my bench of him this last week. Uh, this week, though, he's a solid wide receiver, too. As for Olsen, he saw only one target, left the game with foot pains, was out there for about 75% of the plays. And I, I know you've been stashing him, waiting to unleash him, but but I'd keep him stashed on the bench one more week. How, how can you trust him? I can't at all, and, and I don't want to. Yeah, um, I would probably avoid Greg Olson if possible. Again, it all depends on your tight end options, but uh, certainly agree with your assessment on Devin Funches here. Uh, Green Bay's defense has certain been, certainly been lacking, excuse me, uh, and I actually like Cam quite a bit as a mid-level QB1 this week. Uh, really, it's a soft Green Bay defense, and they've always struggled to stop running quarterbacks. I could see a lot of rushing yardage here for Cam. Um, and I have McCaffrey still as a back-end RB1. It's a great matchup, and even though, uh, you know, Stewart, like you said, got the touchdowns, all the touchdowns last week, uh, I think McCaffrey's usage is going to keep him um, with a very high floor in PPR, and I think this is a game where we're going to get to see a ceiling for sure. Call me bitter. Call me spiteful. Call me a Bears fan. Aaron Rodgers comes back this game and leads Green Bay to a loss on the road against Carolina. Uh, as much as I don't want it to happen, I, I just think the momentum's going to be all with Green Bay, with Rodgers back healthy. That entire team gets a huge morale boost, uh, and, and obviously the offense in general gets a huge boost. So I will take Green Bay on the road here. Baltimore at Cleveland in the AFC North. The Ravens lost a high-scoring 77-point game by one point late to the Steelers. Big-time offense here for the Ravens, and I think they try to follow the same recipe here versus the Browns. Albeit with less need to score 40 points, the Browns are not going to hang like Ben Roethlisberger just did. Flacco is still just quarterback two in my eyes. Alex Collins, though, 18 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown with two catches for 46. Also vultured for two touchdowns on six carries by Buck Allen. Could have had an even better day than he even did there. He's a running back two versus Cleveland here. Danny Woodhead has not found his value in this offense yet, and I'd avoid his two carries and four catches for 29 yards for now. Should have had a bigger day, we would expect, versus uh, that high scoring Pittsburgh offense. Jeremy Macklin should have had a big day, though, with 11 targets, but only converted three for 27, while Wallace went three of five for 72. Chris Moore caught a 30-yard touchdown. It, it's, it's too late in the season to try anything fancy here with these Ravens wide receivers. Macklin and Wallace are okay flex options versus Cleveland, but that's matchup based only. And while we love starting tight ends versus Cleveland, Watson is just so, so hot and cold. It makes me worry here. Uh, that said, he went eight for 91 against Cleveland earlier this season. He's a definite streaming option here, but I, but I question the confidence. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Watson might be a, a riskier tight end to play, but I think he's a great streaming option this week. Uh, I mean, honestly, starts your tight ends against Cleveland and against the Giants. Those are the two teams that are just absolutely powerless against opposing tight ends for whatever reason. Um, I, I would start him as a 
probably over the other guys that we talked about, uh, Julius Thomas, Eric Ebron. Uh, I, I like Ben Watson quite a bit this week. Um, and as a result, too, I like Flacco. Uh, he's a high-end QB, too. I think this Ravens offense is really starting to gel a bit, and the Browns secondary is giving up plenty of plays with broken tackles and missed tackles. I mean, we saw that uh, overtime uh, touchdown to Devontae Adams, and I, I think we could see quite a bit here for Alex Collins and Mike Wallace. Uh, he's a wide receiver three, um, definitely startable depending on your ro roster. He's been pretty consistent the last few weeks. Um, and then even though Woodhead didn't do a whole lot, I think he's still getting enough usage to be a, a flex play in PPR here. Definitely more risk reward, but um, I, I think I feel like his involvement is getting, um, excuse me, uh, his involvement is increasing more each week, even though Buck Allen certainly vultured those two touchdowns from Collins last week. Um, I, I like the Ravens in general at, at Cleveland. Start them all. Kaiser had a nice day versus Green Bay and almost won until throwing that terrible overtime interception. He's an avoid for me, of course, versus Baltimore. In their last matchup, he threw three interceptions. Granted, he has grown a lot since. That was early in the season, but he's still a rookie. Crowell went 19 for 121 with three catches versus Green Bay and is a running back three versus Baltimore due to his usage reclaiming that backfield. Duke Johnson recorded another four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown and is a PPR running back two, as usual. Jess Gordon got off to a quick start, three catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown, but was held catchless in that second half. And then he mouths off on Twitter like he uh, like he owned the cornerback on the other side of the football. Just play ball, man, and let the stats come, and then you can start talking, not when your team's 0-13. He is very talented and is a decent low-end wide receiver, too, for me versus Baltimore. Uh, this defense missing a cornerback here. Corey Coleman's a good player. Um, I'm waffling here, actually. I initially said that I was avoiding here, but, but I think regardless of Gordon's true form, are they going to be feeding him all game like two weeks ago? I, Corey Coleman turned out with a better day. He's the more consistent wide receiver. And I truly think he is the better wide receiver than Josh Gordon. I, I know, call me crazy, but uh, I think that's the case. Um, is Kaiser trustworthy, though? Too many questions for the playoffs. Uh, David Njoku went one for three. Don't believe anyone who wants to tell you he's a weekly must start. I know there was a huge hype train for him this, this last week. I don't think Njoku is a must start, but I certainly think that uh, you know tight ends have found some success against Baltimore here. He's an okay streaming option, definitely more of a mid-pack tight end too, though. Um, as far as Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman go, I have Gordon listed as a low to mid-end wide receiver too this week. Uh, you know, part of that's the volatility of Deshaun Kaiser and his inaccuracy, but you know, despite that, I think Gordon is the better talent uh, over Corey Coleman if he if we're talking full potential for both here. Um, and, and as a result, I do have him uh, as the higher-ranked wide receiver here. I have Coleman as a flex play. And then the other thing is, um, you know, I actually don't mind uh, Duke Johnson here. Uh, I like him. I think he's got a pretty high floor in PPR as the pass-catching back. But on the flip side here, I, I definitely avoid Isaiah Crowell. Um, just a low-end flex play. Even though Le'Veon Bell was a stud last night with three touchdowns against Baltimore, he only had 48 rushing yards, and Corell just really isn't very involved in the passing game for you know him to get those supplemental points. I will take a sh shocker here. Give me Cleveland to uh, go own 14. Uh, yeah, same. I, uh, I I took them last week, and I was so <laughs> so so ready to to see their first win. Uh, but, of course, uh, Green Bay screwed it up at the end. 
Who knows? Crazy things happen in the AFC North. Houston at Jacksonville, talking about the AFC South. Tom Savage went down with a concussion and in a pretty scary scene started convulsing, followed by repeatedly trying to return to play and finally being disqualified for the doctors. Very scary for him. But from a fantasy perspective, the team did not look different with T.J. Yates at quarterback. College it was still a wide receiver one, 11 uh, for 149 and two touchdowns. He draws a tough, tough day in Jacksonville, that's for sure. But he's been solid all year, and I'm sticking with him. I'm, I'm not bothering ranking him. I'm just, you know, keeping him in my lineup. Uh, that said, it's a tough matchup. Miller's a low-end running back, two with security and his volume only. Night avoid anyone else on this team versus Jacksonville. Steven Anderson did not live up to the hype. Uh, he is droppable. Yeah, I'm nowhere near as high on Lamar Miller as you are. I would avoid him as well, even uh, in a pretty bad rushing matchup. I have him just a mid to low end flex play, even. Um, I didn't even realize I was high on him. Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, but and honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I'm incredibly scared about starting DeAndre Hopkins at Jacksonville, yeah. especially if T.J. Yates starts here. Um, you know, completing passes to Hopkins against a soft Niners defense at home is completely different from going on the road to Jacksonville. You, you can't bench DeAndre Hopkins at this point, but honestly, it's one of those situations where it wouldn't shock me either way if DeAndre Hopkins had like eight for 90 yards and a, and a touchdown or just three catches for 20 yards or something like that. I could see either scenario happening here. Jacksonville has some show, has shown some some wow, Jackson never mind. Jacksonville has shown some susceptibility to get beaten deep, but not often, or certainly not often. Uh, now Jacksonville has to be licking its chops no matter which quarterback lines up here, which definitely looks like Yates. Uh, this should be a big day for their defense. Bortles may have around 20 passing attempts only this game. I'd avoid him based on volume here. Uh, four nets and running back one, 24 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown this week in Seattle with an extra four receptions. There's uh, nobody here to shut down Marquise Lee or Didi in this matchup, but they are lower-end wide receiver threes for me based on what I think is going to be volume here. Uh, I think this should be a dominant run and defensive game for Jacksonville. Chris Ivory may even see 10, 12, 15 carries uh, himself in the, ja- in the second half as Jacksonville just tries to run this game out. Um, that's, uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, just real quick, uh, going back to the Houston side. Um, as you mentioned, Jacksonville has gotten beaten deep a few times with some broken coverages, but uh, a lot of that has has to do with the fact that the opposing quarterback, uh, you know, for example, last week against Russell Wilson, is very mobile and able to kind of escape that pocket. Um, so my concern is, you know, Tom Savage and T.J. Yates both are a lot more Joe Flacco than they are Russell Wilson. Um, so that's that's partially my pessimism on DeAndre Hopkins this week. But um, sure. I'm actually going to disagree here on the Jacksonville side, too. I, I think they're going to put up a lot of points against Houston's terrible secondary. Um, oh. I like Blake Bortles as, uh, so help me God, a, a low-end QB1 this week. Oh, boy. Um, call me crazy. Uh, there's obvious risk in starting him, but... The Texans' defense doesn't scare anyone at this point, and I like Marquise Lee as a low-end wide receiver, too, and D.D. Westbrook as a mid-level wide receiver, three. I, I think they will be running up the clock a lot in the second half with a big lead, but I think to get there, they're going to throw a little bit at least, and I think uh, they're going to find some success there. So uh, I'm not afraid of using any of those guys. All right. Uh, definitely like the wideouts, but I don't know, man. Bortles, have you watched his career? Give me Jacksonville at home. Yeah, I'll take Jacksonville as well. Uh, do you, by the way, are you interested in perhaps some sort of wager involving Mr. Bortles? No, not. I, I was thinking about it, and I 
I buy the narrative. I really buy the narrative. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's he is maybe the most surprising quarterback in the league. He'll come out with an absolute stinker, you know, even more so than Jay Cutler. He'll put up 40 points, then he'll put up negative 10 points, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. Like I said, certainly there's risk involved there, but uh, I think we're going to see the upside more so this week. Yes, sir. Cincinnati at Minnesota. Andy Dalton was just awful and benched for McCarron late uh, to avoid injury there. Uh, he's an avoid for me this week. I expect him to start, but for the sake of your playoff team, don't be stupid. This is Minnesota. Green's going to have a tough day versus Minnesota after being held to five for 64, but still getting 12 targets this past week. I'm not benching him unless you have two solid wide receiver, one high-end wide receiver, two types otherwise here. Uh, Gio had a great day. Gio Bernard uh, is the only back with 11 carries for 62 yards, six catches for 68 yards. He's an interesting low-end PPR running back, two here this week if Mixon does not play versus Minnesota. But if Mixon clears concussion protocol, as I expect him to, play Mixon. Uh, but Bernard is not a viable stream at this point in time either. Sorry, can you repeat that last, like, 10 seconds? You kind of cut all cut out a tiny bit there. What were I you am saying? sorry. Did you, get, did you get any of Giovanni Bernard? No, not really. Okay. Um, Giovanni Bernard had a great day as the only back in the backfield. 11 carries, 62 yards, 6 catches for 68. He's an interesting low-end PPR running back, too, this week, if Mixon doesn't play. But if Mixon clears concussion protocol, and I, I expect him probably to play Mixon, but Bernard gets the bench all the way. And Tyler Croft is not a viable stream option at this point in time either. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Um, I, I think Mixon, I'm assuming Mixon returns here. Uh, you know, he's had that extra time to recover. And he. I think he would be a low-end RB2, uh, even though he would probably get that volume back. Uh, Minnesota's not the greatest matchup. But just a quick side note, too. I've had some frequent discussions with a good friend of mine who's from Cincinnati, and I think we had a conversation about a year ago where I, I told him I could see A.J. McCarron uh, being the starter for the Bengals by 2018. And honestly, I, I think at this point it wouldn't shock me if Cincinnati moved on from both Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis after the season. Um, McCarron's a restricted free agent, and, and a guy actually that I'm monitoring in several dynasty leagues, but I, I think for the purposes here, um, you know, fantasy wise, they're I'm assuming that they're going to go back to starting Dalton. Probably. As for Minnesota, Case Keenum did what he could with 280 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, perfectly serviceable day in fantasy, and gets a much easier matchup versus Cincinnati with both of their top cornerbacks on the injured reserve. 19 points versus Carolina, and I expect similar, if not better, production versus Cincinnati. The running backs were held in check, seven carries for 46 and two catches for McKinnon, nine carries for 14 only and two catches to, Mur to Murray. Both are flexes. McKinnon's probably a PPR running back three. Uh, Thielen continued to be a stud, six of 13 targets for 105 and a touchdown. He dropped a sure touchdown here, but made up for it in the same drive with a touchdown. He's a wide receiver one, and Diggs had the targets, but not the touchdown. Six of 10 for 64. This week he gets a nice matchup and is a solid wide, rec wide receiver two for me versus Cincinnati. Kyle uh, Rudolph continues to produce and is a low-end, touchdown-dependent tight end one. Yeah, I would expect Minnesota to lead for most of this game, probably by double digits at some point, and I think uh, I'd expect a nice day from Case Keenum. Yeah, I've got him as a low-end QB1. Uh, I think Latavius Murray is going to see a lot of work killing clock in the second half. Uh, I like Murray as a mid-level RB2 this week. Could see a score or two on the horizon for him as well. Um, of course, I agree on Adam Thielen as a wide receiver one, but I think Stefan Diggs is still a little bit too inconsistent for me. Uh, I have him as a wide receiver through a flex option. 
certainly high upside for him, but there's a lot of other wide receivers with good matchups here this week. Give me uh, the Minnesota, not the Twins. Wow, brain fart. Give me the Vikings. Skull. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings as well. (laughs) All right, New York Jets at New Orleans. Well, this is what we get for believing in the Jets. Sorry, uh, Sorry, New York fans. McCown was knocked out of the game, and Bryce Petty is terrible. McCown has a broken hand. Uh, two for nine, two of nine for 14 yards for Bryce Petty. This is not helping any pass catchers. Uh, we hope McCown may be back next year, but uh, he's, he's done for this season. Anderson's going to have a tough time versus Marshawn Lattimore. Curse may be a solid flex, but but I, I'm, I'm avoiding it. Trust me. I, I know you think I'm nuts. ASJ has been the vi- biggest victim of circumstance of all time. He is a conspiracy victim. Buy him for pennies on the dollar in your dynasty offseason, but that is all. Uh, running backs are dreadful. There's virtually no way your semifinals team will have a Jets running back starting for it, but crazier things do pop up. Uh, the Jets are definitely going to want to run more with Josh McCann out and Bryce Petty starting. I, I'd, re- I'd remove all Jets from your lineup, though. Yeah, the uh, the only guy with maybe some PPR upside here, I think, is Matt Forte. I expect the Jets to fall behind here quickly, uh, which might leave open the possibility of Forte getting a bunch of checkdown targets from Petty. I, I would say he's a low on flex play, but ideally, yeah, you're not starting any Jets players this week. Um, and to your point, I, I like Austin Safarian Jenkins as a dynasty by low. I actually tweeted earlier this afternoon that Looking at his play, um, Safarian Jenkins has been pretty great since returning from that early year suspension. Um, and I was just thinking, wouldn't it be the most Patriots thing ever to steal a player like ASJ from a divisional rival to pair with Gronk? I mean, h- how would a defense even defend against two tight end sets with both of those guys on the field? And that's exactly what they do. I don't expect Bennett to continue his career. Uh, he doesn't really play the Patriots way. Neither does his brother, but that's uh, that's besides the point. ASJ would really fit in here. Had some uh, did have some character concerns as when he when he entered the league, but Belichick does fine turning guys around for the most part. Yeah, um, and then uh, would you agree with me uh, in terms of starting everyone on New Orleans? Oh yeah, come on, just a devastating. Uh, well, yeah, everybody was available. Devastating turn of events for your fantasy team. Kamara probably got you into the playoffs if he was on your team. Hopefully he's back this week. Whether he is or not, uh, he and Ingram are both RB1s. His presence definitely elevates everyone on this team and improves this offense. Breeze had to throw more without him. And Thomas had his best day yet. He's a wide receiver one regardless. Uh, Breeze is solid. Quarterback one in this matchup as well versus the Jets. Thomas had 14 targets to three for Coleman, two for anyone else you were considering. I I'd actually avoid the other guys, you know, Snead, Coleman. They, they just haven't really been consistent at all this year. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I will note here is I have the Saints as my number two fantasy defense this week behind only Jacksonville. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll remind you again when we discuss the streaming options later in the show, but I love the Saints defense, and they're not owned in a ton of leagues right now. Swiped him for $0 in a, uh, in a league last week. Felt pretty happy about it. Uh, give me the give me the Saints, of course. They're going to come marching in, down, up, everywhere on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Saints as well. Yeah, Philadelphia at the New York Giants. Uh, what a great shootout we saw this week versus the Rams. But Carson Wentz is out with a torn ACL. Uh, Nick Foles stepped in and was effective enough, but there's no comparison here. Uh, with Wentz out, the entire offensive outlook changes. Earth's return should help if he can come back from his concussion. Here, he'll be a, he'll be a tight end one. But the wide receivers, I I think. 
if they're not in trouble, they're definitely not hitting their their ceilings that they had before. Foles is not a tight end backup. Uh, Jeffrey's going to drop to a wide receiver three for me, but should be fine versus the Giants, who have no uh, no Jackrabbit Jenkins. Uh, Trey Burton filled in really nicely, as we talked about, with those two touchdowns in Ertz's absence. And if Ertz is still gone, uh, this is the Giants. So Burton does remain a decent option here. Uh, don't forget that uh, Selleck did turn in a touchdown this week as well. So three touchdowns to the tight ends. I think the running backs need to get more work uh, with Foles at quarterback, though. More catches for Ajayi and Clement will make them viable starts for your semifinals. I, I really doubt it. Yeah, for me, it's really just Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz uh, or Trey Burton if Ertz is out again. The running backs might get more work to try and relieve some pressure off of Foles, but I, I don't know how you could really trust this committee. Um, Ajayi would be the preferred guy of the three with Blunt and Clement just not getting enough work. Uh, you're basically hoping one of those guys breaks a, a touchdown, but I have Ajayi as a flex play, um, Alshon Jeffrey as a high-end wide receiver three, and then, uh, I mean, if Ertz is in, he's still a tight end one, but probably not that top three tight end one, but still, I mean, I would have him in the top five or six, assuming health. Heavy, heavy implications from this injury, both from a fantasy standpoint and a uh, and a real football standpoint. Of course, uh, uh, Philadelphia probably going to lock the top seed, going with a bye, and then be one and done without uh, without Carson Wentz at the helm. Really unfortunate for Philadelphia Eagles fans. Unfortunate for Wentz owners as Wentz got you to the playoffs. Now you don't have him. Now you got to find a replacement there. And the timing of this injury, from a dynasty standpoint, Wentz. I mean, who knows how who knows how he recovers? Who knows what his uh, regimen's going to be he won't with this injury he will not be back by the start of the season next year and he may not be back by week 14 next year either really really unfortunate injury here no i i think uh jim ursay actually gave a press conference today uh wentz will be ready by week one <laughs> okay well good uh <laughs> <laughs> okay andrew low oh gosh how terrible how, what a what a bad comparison um, yeah. The New York Giants, Eli came back just in time to lose to Dallas. He'll be present for the upcoming loss to the Eagles. Philly has a tough defense, and Gallman chewed into Darkwas Valley with his 12 carries to Darkwas 10. Avoid this backfield versus the top Philly defense. Engram was your top viable performer again with four for 54. A tight end one with a solid floor. May not, may not you know, shock the world here with two touchdowns or anything, but should at least get you eight points. And Shepard was a real disappointment here. He's a low-end wide receiver three versus a defense that will plan to stop him. Yeah, I think Shepard's got a little bit of upside as a PPR flex, but certainly uh, this entire team's been struggling. Uh, e even with the loss of Wentz, uh, that Philly defense is still pretty good. I, I think Ingram's really the only safe play here uh, with Shepard as a wide receiver three or flex option. Give me the Eagles. Uh, a lot's going to depend on Nick Foles here, but yeah, I'll, I'll go Philly as well. Arizona at Washington. This was a plus matchup for Gabbard versus Tennessee, and he disappointed greatly. That's why you don't levy your playoffs on Blaine Gabbard. Uh, AP wasn't active, and Curry when Williams went 20 for 73 with one catch. If no Adrian Peterson, Williams is definitely a volume play, low-end running back two, high-end running back three here. Uh, Fitz got missed in the fourth for a touchdown on a bad overthrow. That would have changed his day from nine points to 17 points. Very frustrating for his owners. He's a high-end wide receiver, two versus Washington. And nobody else is worth owning. Uh, Seals Jones came back to earth with one for 20. This was a really tough week for back-end tight ends. Uh, options in general, as we've talked about. 
Yeah, it's going to be a rough game here. Arizona lost their left tackle to IR with an ankle injury, and also their right guard is going to be questionable with a high ankle sprain. Uh, this is a team that was already missing a lot of key players, um, and this hurts Adrian Peterson even more uh, if he does come back, and if he's out still with that back injury, then Kern Williams is going to struggle as well with that uh, offensive line uh, hurt, but I mean, honestly, uh, even if AP does come back, it still could be a split workload his first game returning here. I only have both running backs as kind of desperation flex plays, even against the softer Washington run defense here. Really, Fitzgerald's the only reliable starter in fantasy. I, I have him as a wide receiver, too. Washington is in such a bad way with these injuries. Kirk will be a low-end quarterback one in this matchup. Kareem should be a decent running back, too, as a volume-based play, but that will probably not pan out again. The pass game was awful versus the Chargers, but the Cardinals don't have quite that pass rush. Crowder should be a fine PPR wide receiver, too, but I'd avoid Doxon on the outside. Davis only went two for 26, but did have a touchdown this week. This is just not a trustworthy offense anymore. They looked so promising preseason, and unfortunately, these things can happen. Yeah, it's... I mean, this, there's so much that's up in the air with injuries this week. Um, with Samaj P. Ryan here supposedly playing through some kind of mysterious stomach injury, I don't right. really know what exactly. I haven't been able to pinpoint any info, but uh, despite that volume, uh, it, it's it's tough. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals' run defense is still pretty good. Um, I would think it would be more of a Cousins and Crowder kind of game than a P. Ryan kind of game, I, I guess. I would be more confident in those two guys. I've got Cousins as a low-end wide receiver one as well, and you know Crowder as a high-end wide receiver three here. But look, if you start Smajay Piran this week, you're basically hoping for a decent day if he can punch in a short touchdown. Um, again, I pr I think I would think they would pass more than they run in this game. Um, so we'll see how involved he is as well with Byron Marshall out with an injury. So. Um, really, the volume keeps him viable, but uh, I don't think the upside is super high here. Should definitely have more value in uh, in the passing game, but just not showing it. Despite all that, I will take Washington at home. Yeah, I'll take Washington at home, and I'll also say that um, I do think that their defense is a viable streaming option this week, given all, all the offensive line injuries for Arizona. Sure. Uh, L.A. Rams at Seattle kicking off our 4 p.m. Eastern Sunday games. The Rams lost a true barn burner at home versus Philadelphia. 78 combined points. Wow, what a game. Uh, th this game, we need to see what the reports will be out of the commissioner's office regarding possible suspensions for a few Seattle defenders. At worst, Gurley will be a running back one. Cup will be a PPR wide receiver, two who had another good day with five catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Seattle does not have a slot corner who will shut him down. Sammy Watkins will probably see some bracketing and mostly the rookie cornerback. He is He's so inconsistent, though. I'm avoiding him in my playoffs. I, I hope you do, too. I, I don't know how a team that scores so many points has so few viable fantasy options. Uh, I guess it's just that Todd Gurley is just such a beast. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot uh, on the offense here, too, is going to depend on Robert Woods um, and whether he comes back from his shoulder injury. It sounds like the Rams are optimistic that he can return for this game. He was close and somewhat practicing. So, um, you know, if Woods were to return here, that'd be huge for this offense, uh, a big help going on the road to face Seattle here. And if Woods is back, I, I like him and Cooper Cup both as high and wide receiver threes, and that would downgrade Watkins to a riskier uh, – high-end wide receiver four play but if woods remains out then watkins you know gets that bump up uh he he in, 
Cup would both be wide receiver threes for me. Again, the Seattle secondary is still playing well, but uh, certainly not as fearsome uh, without some of their key pieces here. Yeah, as for Seattle, uh, wow. So Russell Wilson is, of course, fine to start probably. Uh, if it wasn't for Ben, your top uh, quarterback for the week. But for the love of God, do not watch the game. He finished above above projection with 22 points, but it was so messy and heart-wrenching. I died twice watching this game. He's a quarterback one, though. He, he just keeps it so, let's call it exciting. Three touchdowns, three interceptions, 50 yards rushing, just chucking the ball downfield to... He, I don't think he even knows who's downfield a lot of these times. Double coverage, interceptions, I hate it. But he's producing. He's a, he's a high-end, high, high-end Jameis Winston, right? Mike Davis won 15 for 66 with one catch, but I still think McKissick is the only way to go in a PPR, especially against the Rams' high-scoring offense. He's a running back three for your flex. Uh, the wide receivers all scored on deep passes. Scary throws from Russell, three of which ended up as those interceptions. What can we possibly make of that? Uh, the Rams are good defense, but Wilson will need to keep throwing and running just like this week. Baldwin's at wide receiver two, and Lockett and Richardson will rip your heart out. I, I think it, I was too invested th- in this game here, Mung, with Wilson as my starter in that in that league where I didn't have Burton. Uh, did you see anything that I didn't? Uh, oh, Graham went catchless, so just add that to the madness. That's always nice. Yeah, before we get into the fantasy here, can I just say that I'm incredibly happy with the way that Seattle lost to the Jaguars on the road? Um, As you well know, I've never been a big Seahawks fan, uh, and my feeling is they're just incredibly sore losers, and nothing made me happier than seeing, you know, all that frustration come to a boil, and, you know, you wouldn't really see any other team dive at the opposing quarterback when they're just kneeling to kill the clock like the game's over guys come on just just accept it maybe the lions under jim schwartz but that's about it when sue was still on the team yeah but like even other ultra competitive head coaches would not make that kind of call and i just yeah i, I hate it and you know I'm, I'm happy to see them lose but fantasy wise here uh, we got mike davis with a rib injury he's gonna be questionable for this week um, now, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds somewhat similar to Ty Montgomery's uh, you know, situation from a few weeks ago. I would think Davis would be in danger of missing at least one week, so keep an eye on that. Um, if he's out, then McKissick would definitely become a high-end flex play in PPR, maybe even a low-end RB2. Um, that's assuming, of course, that Seattle is smart and actually lets McKissick handle most of the touches instead of forcing <laughs> some carries to Eddie Lacy for you know negative three yards. Um, yeah, you're starting Baldwin, and, and despite the, the zero burger, if you survive that with Graham, uh, you're going to start him at tight end again. You think they're missing Alex Collins at all? Um, honestly, I don't. I, I like Alex Collins. Uh, I, I love the whole river dancing story, all that. Uh, but really, I, I think a lot of it is just Seattle's offensive line is terrible, even after getting Dwayne Brown. I, honestly, I, I would think Todd Gurley would have trouble running behind that line. Oh, gosh, I don't know, man. You're, that's that's blasphemous right there. <laughs> uh, I, I think Todd Gurley will not have trouble running this game. I think the uh, the Rams win this one actually fairly handily. I, I expect the league to come down with some form of uh, punishment here, some sort of suspension here, which would probably lead to, well, at least the one, uh, definitely the uh, – the uh, sorry defensive lineman who went into the stands to go chase down a fan and probably Michael Bennett will miss this game. Uh, so so I expect a big time rushing day and clock control day for the Rams. I would 
love, love, love to see the Rams take this game on the road, but I just feel like Russell Wilson's going to pull some magic uh, out of nowhere here. Uh, I'm I'm still going to go Seattle. He is darn good. New England at the Patriots. Uh, tonight we'll see. Tonight we'll. I thought we were going to see the Pats continue to roll, um, but uh, they're losing to Miami right now, and I think they're still scoreless. Uh, Gronk will be back. Oh, no, here they go. So, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I missed that touchdown from, uh, is it Dwayne Allen? Who scored that? Rex Burkhead. So I only oh, need about 20-something yeah, uh, more points from him. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, the Steelers are not going to stop Tom Brady. As always, keep an eye on what's going on with the running backs. If Hogan's back, if that affects Burkhead at all, um, he's doing all right so far. But uh, let's see. Oh, gosh. Big, big completion to the Miami. I don't like to see that. Sorry. I'm too tied to the Patriots right now. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, honestly, the, the Dolphins got a lot of pressure on Brady, uh, their first matchup a couple weeks ago, and we're seeing the results of that pressure tonight as well. Um, but, you know, I'm not worried next week. Uh, keep in mind, too, number one, uh, Gronk is out, and number two, uh, this is Chris Hogan's first game back. So even though he's healthy enough to be in the game, uh, obviously oh um, it's still, you know, tough for him to just regain that kind of timing and chemistry with Brady after yeah. missing multiple weeks. So, um I'm still starting all your normal Patriots uh, at Pittsburgh next week. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, and, and final note here, too, Brady usually dominates uh, the Steelers' zone defense, so I'm not scared to keep him ranked as a top-three fantasy quarterback next week. Similarly, I'm not worried about the pass D slowing down Brown or Bell. I think Juju will be a fine wide receiver, too, this week. I love what he brings to the table. And Belichick uh, will not be focused on that rookie when there are true superstars somewhere else on the field. Ben's a quarterback, one at home. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is going to be one of the best games to watch this coming week, I think. Much like, you know, a, a Philly and the uh, Rams game this past week, minus the Wentz injury. Tennessee at San Francisco. Nobody needs the offseason to start more than the Titans do. They need a lot of practice time to turn this high-potential team into a reality. And I think they will, just not this year. They're loaded with potential and talent. That said, Mariota is a low-end quarterback one, if not quarterback two, in what should be a great matchup. But everyone else is trouble. Uh, there's no consistency anywhere. Murray went 11 for 34 with two catches for 13 to carry, to Henry's, eight for 20 and a touchdown. Murray's a running back two, low-end. Henry's a low, low-end flex. Decker, Davis, and Matthews ha have a messy, disjointed situation, and I, I want no part of it. Uh, none are worth owning this time in the season. Uh, Walker's, of course, solid tight end one versus San Francisco. Um, some of my Mariota value uh, sticks with that rushing value that he keeps. Yeah, I mean, we found out uh, later on that Mariota was playing, um, you know, through a knee injury. It sounds like it's going to be minor, but... <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I don't think we're on the same page about Tennessee other than Walker being a tight end one. I, I think, you know, they, they were awful against Arizona and what should have been a good matchup here. And I have him as a mid-level QB, two. I'd avoid Mariota even in a quote-unquote good matchup on paper, um, especially if he's going to be relatively immobile with that knee. And then in terms of the running backs, too, I think Derrick Henry's clearly, you know, being given more work now, seeing how awful DeMarco Murray has been playing. I have your rankings flipped a little bit. I have Derrick Henry as a low-end RB2, and, you know, DeMarco Murray is a boomer bust flex option here. All right. Uh, as for the, uh, what are they called, the Niners? Sorry, I forget about bad teams sometimes. Jimmy Garoppolo led the team to victory versus Houston. Uh, I'm not streaming him, streaming him, but he showed a connection with Marquise Goodwin, who has been their best wide receiver on the season. 
Uh, this game with 6 of 12 for 106 yards. And where's the high-end wide receiver three look here? Kyle's Hyde split his carries near 50-50, 14 for 78 and a touchdown. To Breed is 12 for 27. He's a running back two versus Tennessee who typically gets more pass work than he got this week. Expect a, expect a little better floor than that. Uh, that that's all. Uh, looking at a, despite a decent matchup versus the Tennessee secondary, I, I don't really want in. I, again, I think we're not on the same page here with this matchup. Um, I, I love Marquise Goodwin here uh, in another good spot. I've got him as a high-end wide receiver three, maybe even a low-end wide receiver two this week. Um, I, I think Carlos Hyde should be fine as that mid-level RB2. Uh, the, you would like to see him get more volume, but he's certainly doing well with his touches. And Jimmy will be okay as a mid-level QB2, uh, but there are probably going to be better options for you out there. But uh, I, I like San Francisco's offense uh, doing very well here, uh, but uh, you know I, I actually think it's going to be three wins in a row for the San Francisco 49ers under Jimmy G. This was a really tough game for me to call, probably the hardest. Uh, you're, you're probably going to gain a game on me here, but I'm going to pick Tennessee. Nah, give me the give me the Niners at home. Yeah, uh, Dallas at Oakland for Sunday night football. This game was much closer than it ended up with the Giants, uh, than it ended up looking versus the Giants, with Dallas scoring those two late, late touchdowns quickly. Prescott should be a fine quarterback, one versus the Raiders, though. Uh, El Morris went 19 carries, 62 yards, with three catches for 23 yards to uh, Rod Smith's six carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown, and five catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown reception. Smith is a dynasty hold for Elliott owners. He has looked really good in his limited work. Morris is the running back two versus Oakland, uh, but Smith is fool's gold for now, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not throwing him out there. Des will be a wide receiver one option this week also. Ezekiel Elliott's scheduled to be back the game after this. I hope you adjusted accordingly and are pretty excited. Uh, that'll be the Seattle defense, who has been beat up, maybe facing suspensions. We'll have to see what happens this coming. Oh, my gosh. The Dolphins just scored another touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I have a oh. lot of... Uh... I have a lot of daily stuff going, so I'm okay with that Landry touchdown, but certainly certainly not great great news for you. Um, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> in terms of uh, Dallas game here, uh, I mean, honestly, the Oakland defense is just a huge mess. I like Dak as well as a QB1. Um, and to your point, even though Rod Smith is quote-unquote fool's gold, as you called it, I, I do think he's a legitimate flex option this week. Um, I, I'm not expecting two long touchdowns again that were a little fluky, but Smith isn't a terrible option either in a game where I think both he and Alfred Morris are going to get a lot of work with Oakland trailing. Um, I'm expecting a lot of running with them ahead in this game. So even though I still prefer Morris a, as the better play as an RB2, I do think Smith has a lot of upside as a flex play. Uh, I like does a lot too. Um, he's been inconsistent enough though, where I have him as a high end wide receiver two instead of that uh, wide receiver one tier. And then Jason Wynn didn't do a whole lot against the Giants, but he got you a touchdown. And again, without a ton of reliable tight end options in fantasy this year, I, I would start Wynn again as a low end tight end one in what should be another good matchup against Oakland. Now, Derek Carr really disappointed us in what should have been a plus plus matchup. He has not been elite. And I'd look elsewhere if possible for the semifinals matchup. I don't don't start him. The Raiders went down early and had to abandon the run most of the game, leading to a Cooper injury. Crabtree with seven of thirteen for sixty. Cook going five of seventy-five for a touchdown in a very frustrating reversion back to relevance. He's the most frustrating tight end in the league, that's for sure. Bar none. Cooper injured his ankle and may not be available in Dallas. Crabtree's a wide receiver too. 
this is not a good enough situation for me to suggest Johnny Holton or Seth Roberts or anything like that. Um, Marshawn Lynch should be a running back two again this week, though. Only seven carries. He went 61 yards and a touchdown with one catch this past week, but not expecting uh, Dallas to jump ahead like uh, Kansas City did. Yeah, the expectation here, I think, is that Amari Cooper is going to miss multiple games after re-injuring that high ankle sprain that he was dealing with. Um, really, the only guys I'm starting here on Oakland are, are Marshawn Lynch as a flex play and Michael Crabtree as a low-end wide receiver, too. Dallas is actually pretty good against the run, and um, as I said, I'm expecting this game to play out with Oakland trailing for most of this game, so I would expect to see a little bit more of DeAndre Washington mixed in um, on those passing downs, assuming that they're going to be playing from behind, and that really kind of caps uh, the touches that I think Marshawn Lynch might get. And then in terms of Crabtree here, he should be fine, see more targets with Cooper out, um, and we all know that Dallas's secondary is still uh, dealing with some issues here. Uh, but in terms of the tight end, I'd, bear, I'd bench Jared Cook here for sure. I had him ranked as a high-end tight end two last week against the Giants, which was a very good matchup. Um, or excuse me, not uh, the Giants. The uh, That's who uh, Dallas played. The Chiefs, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know... Oh, no, who Dallas played? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm saying the Dallas played the Giants, not uh, Oakland. I got yeah. confused. Uh, yeah, it was a good matchup against the Chiefs, and Cook did well. But um, really here with Sean Lee back uh, last week and dominating the middle of the field again, I would definitely fade Jared Cook unless you're truly desperate at tight end here. The kid's a jerk. Just kidding. I, I love you, Jared Cook. I just wish you'd be consistent. Uh, give me Dallas on the road. I'll take Dallas as well. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. NFC South. Monday night football. Ooh. Atlanta has 10 days to relish their victory versus New Orleans and prepare for Tampa. No change to the usual here. Ryan's a low-end quarterback one who had a sub-10-point day in New Orleans. Julio's a wide receiver one and added a near 100-yard day versus New Orleans. Sanu is a solid flex with another touchdown here. And Freeman is a low-end running back one. And Coleman's a flex play if he's able to come back from the if he's able to come back from his concussion. Freeman has been getting zero receptions lately, so you need to rely on his rushing value holding up. Uh, obviously, he'd be a high-end running back one if Coleman were to miss this game. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's tough here, but uh, we, we don't know. Um, concussions are so situational, player to player. But if he were to play, I would like Tevin Coleman quite a bit as a flex. Um, or high on RB3, and, and if you're out, I think the upside is very high for Devontae Freeman here, but yeah, I mean, you're you're starting Matt Ryan with somewhat confidence, I guess, uh, and you're starting Julio Jones and Sanu, as you said, and yeah, I mean, really, the, the only uncertainty here is um, in terms of Gerald McCoy's availability, too. I, I think the upside is going to be even higher for Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, if he were to miss this game, uh, we're, we're still kind of awaiting word on his injury and the severity of that. Another game for Tampa Bay. Three more turnovers for Jameis Winston. I would hate to be a Bucks fan. Uh, luckily for fantasy over owners, his mistakes keep him throwing and throwing for yards and touchdowns. And he's, again, a high-run quarterback, too. Barber rode the bench for Martin in the first half. Uh, for Martin to get 10 carries, 26 yards, and a touchdown until Doug Martin fumbled and never saw the field again. Barber then had a 4.8 rushing average on 12 carries. Will Martin start again this week? Uh, I don't know if this is a temporary benching or a full shift to Barber, who has looked better than Martin this season lately, especially. But but I don't trust this team. Maybe they'll say during the week, but I doubt it. Uh, pay attention to Martin's status at game time. I'd love Barber to start because he could be a solid running back three flex option. 
This past game, again, was very messy. Evans held to two for 25, but he doesn't have Darius Slay in his face this week. Godwin will not repeat his 10-plus point day with Evans unleashed, and Brait is not a weekly tight end one anymore. O.J. Howard's been better now with Jameis at quarterback officially, but I'm not relying on him either. Yeah, i got to say this looks good for O.J. Howard's dynasty stock, um, but certainly you're, you don't want to rely on either of these two tight ends for this week. Um, and then I don't know exactly what Dirk Cutter's thinking with Peyton Barber and Doug Martin and that whole situation, but I know that whatever he decides, I will not be starting either this week. Um, I, I think that the stakes are a little bit too high to really hope for um, anything from either of those guys right now. And honestly, as a as a Mike Evans owner too, this is a tough decision here. Um, Evans has been not great uh, with Winston being inconsistent and not on the same page. Right now, I have him as a high-risk and medium-reward wide receiver, too. Uh, the only silver lining here, I think, uh, if we're going to try and analyze why they haven't been doing great, is the fact that he and Winston have had trouble connecting at Green Bay two weeks ago. But it was you know, Winston's first game back from that shoulder injury. And then this past week, they had an extra week of practice, but... Darius Slay, a very good cover corner. Um, Desmond Trufant, uh, also pretty good, but uh, I would say Slay is a little bit better than him. So maybe another week of practice. Um, and the fact that they're at home in prime time, I, I just I don't know if I can bench Mike Evans, but uh, honestly, I, I could maybe see it depending on your options at wide receiver. Yeah, I know I can't. Uh, regardless, give me Atlanta. Yeah, I will take Atlanta as well. As for your buys this week, uh, no buys. Start all your players. Yep, <laughs> and uh, some streaming options here to discuss. Uh, Case Keenum uh, at home against Cincinnati, only 66% owned. I'm, I'm actually pretty shocked by that, but Keenum scored 17 or more fantasy points in his last six games, so if he's out there and you don't have one of those elite options at quarterback, uh, you know he's worth a shot. Uh, we've got Blake Bortles against Houston, 34% uh, owned. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Houston giving up the second most points to opposing quarterbacks right now. Um, and honestly, Blake Bortles just scored 18 points against Seattle. So, again, he could have a, just a random signature Blake Bortles awful four-interception game, but he's been better <laughs> about that this year. Uh, I would fire him up as a low-end QB1 this week. And then finally, we talked about Joe Flacco a little bit as well. At Cleveland, 14% owned. Uh, this Baltimore offense has really come alive the last couple weeks, and uh, come on, it's it's Cleveland here. As for our tight ends, Eric Ebron versus Chicago, 29%. Would not expect 10 catches and 94 yards again, but he has been getting targets lately. Chicago does not scare you. Julius Thomas at Buffalo, 32% owned, has been involved in the passing game, second half of the season. Decent matchup here. Trey Burton at the New York Giants, 8% only owned. That will change. Uh, gelled with Foles, even with Wentz out. The Giants is the best tight end matchup if it's out again. And uh, my top tight end for stream for the week, Ben Watson, on the Baltimore Ravens against Cleveland. Um, hope he does well. Yep, and then uh, some defensive options here. Uh, we discussed New Orleans uh, against the Jets, 37% owned. Love this defense. My number two fantasy defense this week uh, against Bryce Petty. Um, we talked about Washington against Arizona as well, 11% owned. Uh, Arizona's offensive line, very banged up. Should be a big uphill battle for Gabbard and company here. And then we've got Detroit at home against Chicago, 50% owned. The Bears crushed Cincinnati, but, you know, the Bengals had a ton of injuries on defense, and I would expect Detroit to 
fare a lot better and force some turnovers here, especially at home. And then if you're truly desperate, do you, I mean, do you feel lucky? We've got Miami at Buffalo, 7%. <laughs> uh, again, Miami's not great, but they're getting some pressure on Brady tonight, and they absolutely destroyed Trevor Sinman, uh, who I would say is still better than Nathan Peterman or Joe Webb. So, again, if you're desperate, Miami could get some turnovers and or, and or defensive touchdowns. For your weekly injury roundup, Carson Wentz tours ACL out for the season, unfortunately. Josh McCown fractures left hand, also out for the season. Marcus Mariota, an alleged knee sprain, awaiting more info, but considered minor at this time. I think he, uh, never mind, I'll leave that there. Tom Savage, concussion day-to-day, not starting this week. Nathan Peterman, concussion day-to-day, you're not starting him this week. Tyrod Taylor, patellar tendon contusion, he is questionable. Aaron Rodgers, that broken collarbone, all reports are that he's ready to rock and roll, barring a setback here. For your running backs, Al Kamara, concussion, day-to-day. Tevin Coleman, concussion, day-to-day. Joe Mixon, concussion, day-to-day. Adrian Peterson with a back injury. He's questionable. Mike Davis with the rib injury, awaiting more info, which I'm sure Pete Carroll will be very uh, forthcoming with. For your wide receivers, Robert Woods with a shoulder injury, questionable, but likely to return this week. He was close this past week. Mari Cooper with a high ankle sprain, likely out multiple weeks, likely droppable, assuming you're done in week 16. Calvin Benjamin with the meniscus, likely out for the season. Zach Ertz, concussion, questionable. Jordan Reed, hamstring, concussion, uh, questionable. Greg Olson with that ankle. He was able to return to the game. Should be fine. He should be starting for week 15, but uh, I'm avoiding him myself. Yep. Um, so some waiver wire ad- ads to discuss here for second week of the fantasy playoffs we've talked about aaron Rodgers quite a bit 81 percent owned uh you know we've discussed this enough he's a mid-level qb1 assuming he's back this week so if he's out there somehow go get him uh we talked about rod smith 13 percent owned again i don't i'm not saying he's gonna get another 160 yards and two touchdowns but i, I think he's gonna see plenty of work in a good matchup against oakland uh, again, just a one-week rental with Zeke back in Week 16 if you make it there, but Smith could put up some decent points this week. J.D. McKissick, 18% owned. Uh, if you've made the playoffs despite having a solid RB2, he's been pretty consistent in PPR and has even more upside if Davis were to miss this week. And then Danny Woodhead, 40%. If you're desperate, uh, he's an okay flex play in PPR, and certainly Cleveland misses a lot of tackles in open space, so he could break a couple longer ones here. As for our wide receivers, Jordy Nelson, 91% owned. On the off chance he's out there in your league, Jordy returns to wide receiver one status if Aaron Rodgers plays. Didi Westbrook, 30% owned. Did great versus Seattle and now gets Houston and San Francisco in weeks 15 and 16. Could be a wide receiver two or more. Marquise Goodwin at 55%, another good matchup this week at home versus Tennessee. Low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. Mike Wallace, 40%. He's the number one wide receiver on the Baltimore offense uh, recently and gets Cleveland this week. He's a wideout three with upside. Yep, and then uh, no real tight ends of note to add here. Uh, Really just go back and listen to our streaming options if you need some help at tight end. But um, one quick last note here just for kicks if you will uh <laughs> robbie gold uh 13 uh, percent owned at home against tennessee gold has averaged 16 points in the two games since jimmy garoppolo started at quarterback for the niners uh worth a shot if you don't have like a guskowski or a justin tucker and you've been streaming kickers um you know things change quick at kicker uh, we saw harrison bucker uh, ebb and flow with the chiefs offense and with this uh, Niners offense 
really starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, Robbie Gold could be a, a, a league winner for you in these last couple weeks. He has been good as gold, and we miss him in Chicago. Yep, uh, you know, but you know, we didn't need him just like we didn't need Greg Olson. No, who needs any of those guys? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, with our advice or despite our advice every week, you've made it into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, with whatever happens here, uh, you know, hopefully you had fun this year, but uh, hopefully you'll get a win this year in the semifinals. Uh, as always, if you've got more specific lineup questions, waiver wire ad questions, whatever it may be, we're available via Twitter. You can always tweet questions at us. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA score. Uh, sorry. Well, FFA underscore Los L-O-S. We're also available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or your mobile device, don't forget to subscribe. Yep. Best of luck, guys and gals. And as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.